good afternoon, good evening. My name is Marty Plum, and I'm your host of a Better Napkin Podcast, the weekly coaching clinic that you can carry around with you in your pocket. Welcome to Foundation Friday number 28, and today we are going to talk about building practice culture. And I think this is going to be a two-parter here. We've got two parts on building practice culture. We'll do week one this week, or we'll do half of it this week, and we'll do the other half next week. So just talking about practice culture and, and practice so vitally important to everything that you do as a coach in any sport, it's more important than competitions, unless you're at the NBA level where it's games, 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 and you have more games than you have practices, or at the Major League Baseball level or something like that, uh, the professional baseball level. Uh, but high school and and college sports Practice is where everything begins at, all right? So, and speaking where everything begins, you start with habits. Uh, good habits are hard to form and easy to live with. Um, bad habits are easy to form and hard to live with. And so creating good habits within your program are the most important thing that you can possibly do, whether that's uh, how you treat the locker room, how you come out of the locker room getting ready for practice, your habits when you come out, the mental focus that you come out with, those are the most important things that you can do. Lay out your program brick by brick, okay? And this is a great saying here. If, if you lay out your programs, or if, if you do your things and you lay out your bricks properly and you do it right, it's a solid wall. If you do it wrong, it's just a pile of bricks. And you've got to have a plan starting from day one of how you're going to put this wall together. Okay, I think it's really important as you're talking to your team, you need to let your team know that when you're talking to one player, you're actually talking to the entire team. Now you're talking most directly to the one player who you're emphasizing something positive or something negative, but you're really talking to everybody. But it's important that your players pay attention to everything that you're saying as as you go through your corrections, your quick seven-second corrections, right? I think this is really important. Never do a senseless drill that doesn't fit your system or your scouting report. Okay, I've talked quite a bit of, you know, here's the 11 or 12 things, uh, narrowing the game of basketball down to these 11 to 12 things. And if a drill doesn't fit at least three of those things, we're not going to do it. If it doesn't fit our system, we're not going to do it. Or if it doesn't fit the scouting report, we're not going to do it. Unless it has to do with shooting, the most important skill you can possibly have. So make sure that you vet your drills and as you're watching film or you're looking things up or you're watching a coaching clinic, yeah, that might be a great drill, but does it fit what you do? And if it doesn't, don't do it, okay? Bring an attitude into your program and into your practices of not enduring practice, but embrace the opportunity of getting better. And that is the most important, that is one of the most important things you can do. You know, we've got an opportunity. Look at practice as an opportunity, not something to just get through. Okay. Emphasize the things that you can control. A phrase that, that I have used and will continue to use, control the things we can control. And the two biggest things that you can control coming into every day are your attitude and your effort. Okay. So make sure that you control your attitude and your player's attitude, and that goes with you, your attitude. How are you coming into the day? Uh, some of the biggest mistakes that I made as a head coach uh, 
is letting something outside of basketball determine my attitude coming into basketball, whether that's dealing with another coach, whether that's de- dealing something with you in your personal life or dealing something with something uh, beyond your control, whatever that may be. And then you bring in, it's not the player's fault that, that this or that or the other thing happened, that you're having to, to deal with something. No, you get, you've got to control that. You tell your players to control those things. So you have to do that yourself. You, if you're going to talk the talk, you've got to walk the walk. All right. Coachability. This is up to the athlete, not to the coach. All right. And it's important that you emphasize to your players. Look, when I, when I tell you, uh, when I stop and when I correct you, I'm not, uh, correcting, uh, Jimmy or, or Judy the the person I'm correcting Jimmy or Judy the player it's nothing personal about you or anything that you're trying to do I'm just trying to make you the best player that I possibly can so they have to be open and you need to communicate that and you need to emphasize that that this is what I'm going after and therefore making that person more coachable knowing that you're not attacking them as a person you're attacking them as an uh, you're not attacking at all actually you're you're talking to them as a a a player and trying to improve their performance trying to make them better just like you would a student in the classroom and 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 the court or the field is an extension of your teaching in your classroom. Uh, if if you had a kid in your classroom and they were screwing around or they weren't paying attention or they were underachieving, would you confront that as a good classroom teacher? Absolutely you would. Your behavior is disrupting the rest of the classroom. Therefore, it is unacceptable. We've got to take measures to to improve that or find somebody else or find some other way to go about this. Well, you got to do the same thing when you're in your gymnasium or you're out on your field. Uh, that is so, so important to establish uh, that habit. And it goes back to habits. And this is the norm. Uh, these are the standards that we uphold here in our practice culture. All right. Uh, humor. Use humor when possible. When at all possible, I think it's really important to make fun of yourself. Um, I'm a pretty easy target. Um, I'm pretty easy to make fun of. Uh, and, and I think that it's important that you're, you're willing to make fun of yourself, uh, that you let your guard down, especially during times of tension. Um, and so it's good. Maybe you, you have a couple of joke jokes in your hip pocket that you're ready to tell your team when you're struggling a little bit, when you need to, uh, deflate the tension from a situation. Okay. Uh, Anson Dorrance talks a lot about creating a competitive cauldron. Um, you know, you know, it's, it's, it's that fine line and that's why coaching is an art and not a science. Uh, you need that competitive cauldron. You need to be uh, extremely competitive with what you do and make sure that every day we're getting better at something and that we're attacking this. But at the same time, uh, you know, you've got to do that with some humility and some humor, but you, you've got to get better and you've got to emphasize to your kids that, Hey, this is a competitive environment. They are, there are winners and there are losers, and, and you've got to find a way to make it happen. Um, I think that effort is a choice, okay? If you have 12 players, if you have 12 players on your varsity squad, let's say, and combined with your summer workouts, your weight room workouts, uh, your your 
practices, your shoot-arounds, and your competitions. Roughly, and this is the number I used, uh, my last year I think we had 154 workouts. So you take those 12 players and you take that uh, times 154 workouts. Um, that is 1,848 opportunities to improve. Team camps, leagues, summer workouts, games, etc., etc. Okay. If you improve 1%, if everybody just focuses on improving 1% on everything that they do, you're going to be almost 200% better as a team. Everybody will be 200% better. Now imagine if you were able to take that growth and make yourself 200% better at being a husband or being a, 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 a spouse or a, a, a being a teacher or whatever profession that you're in. So it's important that you emphasize to your players that Every time we do something, it's an opportunity to get better, and we've got to get 1% better. Let's get 1% better in the weight room today. Let's get 1% better at open gym today. Let's get 1% better at practice today, right? The last thing I want to talk about today is toughness. And, you know, as a country, we're going through a very tough situation right now, and, and toughness is being refocused. Uh, after 9-11, uh, it really uh, shined a light on firefighters and policemen and and first responders and our in our modern crisis here with COVID nineteen nurses and emergency room doctors and those type of people uh, these are the people that are getting their due finally in our society um, they are tough people and there's a lot of tough people in every aspect of society and, and most of us to a degree are 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 very tough people we've all been through something. Um, but it is so underrated. Uh, you have to, and, and the, the hardest time to be tough on yourself is when you've had success. It's so easy after having some success to say, oh, okay, I've got it now. No, you actually have to be tougher on yourself now that you've had some success, some success to, to ask for even more. I think that's uh, watching The Last Dance and watching Michael Jordan and the Bulls um, the way he put pressure on himself to be tough on himself, to make himself better at, at all times. And, and it was never enough. Now, uh, Jordan and Bill Russell, those people are extremely hard to find. And, and to a degree, uh, they were, uh, so tough on themselves. It was almost unhealthy and you don't want it to become, to become unhealthy, but at the same time, you have to be tough on yourself. And, and I think it's important that you tell your players that if you can't be tough, if you can't be tough, it's hard for me to trust you. And I think that's one of the first intangibles that you have to ask for from your players. Um, other than being on time, being a great teammate, concentrating, uh, and playing hard, you know, toughness is way up there because toughness, if you show that you're tough, you can be uh, somebody that you can trust as a head coach. So, and I know that was true for me. I had a hard time not trusting tough players. And as Don Meyer once famously said, or he didn't say it once, he said it all the time. You've never heard a coach say, you know, we were just too tough this year. We were too mentally tough or we were too physically tough. Uh, you've never heard a coach say that. And so I think that's really, really important to remember. So practice culture. Uh, Part one, Foundation Friday, number 28. Uh, obviously, if you're listening, you're on iTunes or SoundClouds. Like, rate, review, forward it out to folks. Email us, 
If you have any questions, comments, suggestions, or ideas, a pen and a napkin at gmail.com. And, you know, give us a follow on Twitter, a pen and a napkin. We like to have a lot of new stuff on there on a daily basis. Almost through our Don Meyer collection here. Only got a couple more left to go. And, uh, and then we'll move on to something else to put out there. So, coaches, as always, stay safe. And be sure to hone your craft one day at a time.